Man, uh, I think that it's a foolish thought. How could you say that something that came after something else is the leading example or sets precedence for something that's older? It just doesn't add up. Boxing has been around for so long. MMA just came around. You can't say that MMA uh, that MMA has like the rubric for how boxing should be. MMA, there's a lot of a lot a lot a lot of negatives that MMA uh, that that they do with their fighters, with the way that they control uh, the fights that are going to happen, and the way that they pay their fighters. It's just I, I I completely disagree. It sounds very very foolish. It sounds like the foolish MMA fans just talking nonsense, and and it also sounds like foolish uh, promoters and owners like Teddy Atlas and the rest of them that are just trying to make more money off of the boxers. They're trying to pay the boxers less money and keep more money for themselves. That's what it sounds like to me. I mean, there are multiple problems, I think, with the idea that MMA uh, should be a model for boxing. But before I start getting into all of them or the ones that I have kind of identified, I want to play a little bit of uh, someone who actually, surprisingly enough, seems to be one of the uh, biggest proponents of this, and that's none other than an actual boxing guy. Well, someone who's been years consider a boxing guy, former ESPN pundit, and that's none other than uh, Eddie Atlas. So let's let's listen. Whatever. For a second, talk You're about right. This. That that I've been uh, that I've been more pushing UFC, and I'm a boxing guy my whole life, 45 years, maybe a little more. And uh, yeah, you're not wrong. I got you. But let me ask you a question. And really, I think, let me ask you a fair question. I'm here to report what's going on. I'm the weatherman. I got to tell you if it's raining. Yep. Or if it's uh, snowing. I, I can't hear you for some reason. Before we get to it, Kenny, have you, have you had your athletic greens yet today? Or is it just me? <laughs> My daily athletic <laughs> greens. I, I'm just sorry. I'm just thinking out loud. Here we go, Teddy. Let's listen to Teddy. Well, if it's gonna be sunny, boxing hasn't given us a lot of sunny days, guys. Nope. I have news for you. It's been rainy. It's been a little rainy. I'm not supposed to report the rain. God. So, you know, I'm just. I know that. Oh, gee, Teddy's giving love to the UFC. Teddy's betraying us. I ain't betraying no one. I never betrayed no one. I'm not about to start it now at this point in my life. Mm -hmm. Okay? But if you're putting on a lot of fights over the last months, on whether it's ESPN, wherever the heck it's been, they were the first ones out with the fight. And they're all spawn sessions. And UFC's putting on, UFC's putting on fights that are fights. Yeah. What am I supposed to say? <laughs> not say it? And not say that I'm, I'm interested in it and I appreciate the competitiveness that they're giving us, damn right I'm going to say it. And part of it is for you knuckleheads that, that you're aware, wow. that you know to get an umbrella when you walk out okay. so you don't get rained on. So <sighs> according That's to Teddy, what? we've been getting rained on as boxing fans. According to Teddy, uh, his, his weather forecast is really bad, kind of like it is right now in New York City. Rainy, maybe there's there's some snow on the horizon. Uh, look, is every fight in boxing a great fight? Absolutely not. Uh, is every fight a bad fight? No, that's not true. But I don't think there's any difference 
uh, out there in the UFC. I mean, we've had some really good fights so far this year. And we're only in the month of April. I mean, just off the top of my head, there's obviously Bercel Valdez. That was a great fight. There's obviously Chocolatito Estrada. That was a great fight. Matter of fact, I was entertained by the cards last week with with uh, Connor Ben, with Boots Innes. Even the fights that were a little less competitive were still exciting. You know, so what are your thoughts on that, Kenny? You got your umbrella out as a boxing fan or what's good? First of all, I think that Teddy Atlas is super disrespectful to me, knucklehead. Old man talking shit. Fuck out of here, bro. (laughs) Excuse my language. It's like he's full of himself. Dude called himself the weatherman, calling out the weather like, whoa. He's just I think he's full of shit for him. It's all about the money. The only he said that he's not going to betray the people. The only person that he's not betraying is himself because he's still self-centered and thinking only about himself and the money. MMA has such a little bit amount of such a little amount of fighters next to the amount of fighters that boxing has. I don't see where the rankings are at MMA. I just see uh, guys who are hyped up versus guys who are hyped up. Uh, and there being like one or two actual great fighters in every division. This goes for the girls as well. This goes for the guys as well. Not everybody's as great as they make it seem. So if you have, a, a let, let's say, 10 fighters, all of which you see all the time in the year, and these 10 fighters are ranked up, and top number one through five are considered your stars, aren't your stars or aren't the best always going to fight the best if you only got 10 fighters and, and five of them are going to be fighting each other constantly? Aren't they always going to fight the best? That's the way I see it. It's not, it's not like I don't really see the ranking system. I don't really see, uh, besides uh, the popularity contest, I don't really see in MMA how one climbs up the ranks and gets recognized as a great. Besides talking shit like Conor McGregor or Aldo or the rest of these guys that are good at the mouth. No, absolutely, Kenny. You're absolutely right. And what a lot of people don't seem to realize as well is that MMA is actually not a monopoly. Uh, UFC is not the only game in town. And the fact is, Dana White has never allowed his fighters to take on fighters that fight with other promotions. They want to talk about the street. And those of us, uh, those of you listening across the Leaving in the Ring radio network and who aren't with us live on YouTube wouldn't have seen me do the little air quotes there, as I said the street but there are multiple streets in in mma you've got ufc you've got one championship you've got rising you've got bellator and believe it or not and i'll just give you an example right here right we only really hear about the ufc because they're the ones with the big deal with espn and they get a lot of media attention but if you just look here according to rankingmma.com, you go to the light heavyweight division uh, there's a guy in there, Vadim Nedkov, who's ranked as a highly rated fighter, right? He's in the top five in the world. Okay, guess what? I think he'd probably be higher if he was in the UFC, right? You've got a guy named Ryan Bader. He's uh, top 10 in the world. Matter of fact, seven, eight, and nine of the top 10 light heavyweights in MMA are not with the UFC, including a top five fighter, right? And... There are other divisions where this is the case as well, right? It's not just UFC out there, guys. So if you really want to see a top-ranked championship of the world and a PBC championship of the world and a matchroom championship of the world, 
Well, the UFC is the way to go, I guess. But that's not what I want to see. And the other thing I don't want to see is a situation where promoters are taking 80% of profit and sharing that with the fighter in the terms of 20% or less. Is that the model that, that we want to see our boxers? We want to see our boxers getting minimum income like they do in the UFC? Or Again, I'm going to share another ranking from MMAWorldRankings.com. You go to their um, – this is their flyweight ranking. They got a guy here at number one who's with the UFC, right? His name is Devilson Figueiredo. I believe he's – yeah, he's Brazilian. You go to number two and number three in the top five, and you've got two guys fighting with one championship. You got Adriano Moares and Demetrius uh, Mighty Mouse Johnson. Again, the UFC does not have MMA on lock, guys. All right? Now, in some divisions they do, but not in all. But that's no different than promoters in boxing who focus on a division, right, and dominate that division. So – it's total bullshit, and I would expect a guy like like uh, Teddy Teddy Atlas to to understand that. Um, you know, he's a boxing guy. He's been in the game for a while. Maybe he's new to MMA, so he's not necessarily knowing what I just figured out in a two minute Google search. But Kenny, what are your thoughts? I think that Teddy Atlas is not from our day and age. Teddy Atlas is from the same day and age as uh, the the top ranked dude, uh, this other ninety four year old man, Bob Arum. They're from the same age. They're from the the racist times, the racist age, the 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 five dollar minimum wage era. The I'm a rich man. I make all the money, and you're my slave, bitch. And you make two cents out of all the money that I make. That that that's from the era that Teddy Atlas is in. And he's trying to keep this, the, the same old model that we're too wise to fall under these days, which is the rich man. I, I make I put the investment in, so I get most of the money back. I don't care if everybody's here to watch you. This is my money, which is not the case. No, guess what? Teddy Ellis doesn't have a damn thing without his, uh, without his boxers. I was about to say MMA fighters. He doesn't have a damn thing without his boxers, just like uh, uh, Dana White doesn't have a damn thing without the MMA fighters. I think we need to get out of this mindset and start spreading the wealth. Yeah, and I think what they really need to do in MMA is actually what they do in boxing, which is allow a guy from UFC to fight a guy from one or allow a guy from UFC to fight a guy from Bellator, like uh, Pitbull. You know, uh, Pitbull is, is a savage in Bellator, He's one of the best guys in his division in MMA, but he can't get a fight with anybody in UFC. Why? Because he's not with UFC. That's not a model that we want to be seeing in boxing. I'm just sorry, but it's not. And you know what else is not the model we want to see in boxing? Literally everything that UFC does that's even a little bit of quality is automatically on pay-per-view. Automatically. They only put their trashiest low-level quality cards on platforms like like uh, um, regular ESPN and the other places they have contracts with, you you do not see big fights on the equivalent of ESPN or DAZN or anything else. So it's, uh, it's a tough one. Kenny, uh, it sounds like you got a lot of police action by you right now. You, you already know New York City, baby. Yeah, usually the case with me as well. So. 
Look, chat, let, let us know what you think about the UFC and about what I'm saying here. It looks like we got Dave in the chat, Philly, Drew Evo, Andre is out there, as well as uh, Bruce Goes. Thank you, everyone, who is uh, with us live, and to everyone who will listen to us later on the Leave It in the Ring radio network, whether that is Pandora, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any where else so we're gonna get to our second topic in a moment but before that we got a warning for everyone due to some violent content parental discretion is advised i know you're gonna dig this all right so you may not know this but uh i get questions about this all the time okay and uh now that kenny's part of the brotherhood i'm sure he's gonna be getting questions all the time and it is hey, you don't eat meat anymore. You don't eat animals. You must be tired, right? How are you getting your protein? Are you okay? Are you going to go to the hospital? Are you now eating a tasteless food? Uh, what's going on? Are you about to pass out? So Kenny's uh, a new member of the plant-based fraternity like me. All right, so we're both vegetarians officially. So Kenny, why don't you talk about your experiences switching over to the dark side and then... Uh, I'll, I'll share some of mine. I'd more call this the light side, not the dark side. The, the dark side would be the side that harms all the animals for the meat that harms their body in a, in a more effect, in a more negative way than actually eating the vegetables does. You know what I mean? Uh, but uh, no, it's been, a, it's been a fantastic experience, honestly. It's, I've gotten a ton of energy from it. I sleep better, uh, have less uh, pains. Like I used to get these back pains while sleeping because I sleep like a vampire. So I used to get this back pain in the middle of my back and I would have to wake up and turn and wake up and turn the other way every, every like, let's say hour and a half. Now I sleep straight through the night. I don't feel those back pains anymore. Uh, I feel more recovery from the gym. I feel easier, lighter, you know. Uh, sometimes eating is a little more difficult just because I actually have to think about it these days. I mean, I've been a dude that eats meat for 33 years. You know what I'm saying? I just switched right now to eat plant-based. So I do have to think about what my next meal is going to be and how I'm going to make it. But everything is super tasty, super delicious. All those plant-based meats, which is really things that are made to taste like meat that are made from plants. I eat, they use cauliflower a lot. They use uh, um, quinoa a lot. They use, uh, but there's a lot of substitutes that they use. They use like grinded vegetables and stuff like that. Beans, exactly. Beans. Beans is very commonly used. They're amazing. They're amazing. My mom, my mother made this lasagna the other day. This vegetable lasagna, and it was like, whoa! How did you make this thing taste as if it has beef in it? This is amazing. This is crazy. You know, this has been a really, 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 really good experience. I can't complain. My body can't complain. I've been on it now for about 16, 17 days, something like that. We'll see how I go, how I feel three months down the line. I hear that's when you really, really start feeling a big difference. Yeah, I mean, the, the difficult part usually is at the beginning, but I think that's just mental um, uh, the, and also while the body kind of gets used to it. But I also want to talk about it from a training and boxing perspective because there have been a number of guys. I remember when I was a lot younger, there was Keith Holmes, who at that time was the, uh, I believe, the middleweight champion. Was, was a vegetarian. Obviously, Bernard Hopkins has been a vegetarian for a long time. Um, Oscar Valdez with the big win, knockout win, against um, Miguel Burchelt is is plant-based. And I just want to go through some of the 
the the things here that you can do and it as a boxer in terms of where you can get your proteins from and the other things that you need um you can get pretty much all of it uh it's all there uh protein ala epa dha uh vitamin b12 iron zinc calcium iodine vitamin d you can get all of these things and compete at a super high level um as a uh plant-based person and you know, if you want to look into this more uh, and see kind of the benefits of things, Kenny, I know you uh, highly recommend a movie out there that people should check out, right? Definitely. That The movie is actually what started to change my mind. I mean, you've been talking to me about it for years, but the movie just pointed out some things regarding fitness, regarding athletes, regarding the advancement of the physical body that you can get if you go plant-based. So I started thinking more about it and started thinking about the future, my family's future, future with my kids. And if I am going to have some, let's say, some boxer kids, some some basketball player kids, some some whatever kids, just smart kids, fit kids, whatever. Then I want them to be plant based just because that's going to advance them so much more than the meat based. Uh, uh, this. Uh, than the person who's on a meat based diet, it'll just help them that much further. Their body will be that much stronger. Their recovery will be that much more. But the name of the movie that I watched, uh, which you told me to watch a long time ago, is called The Game Changers. That's on uh, Netflix. The other movie that I watched that made me completely go vegetarian was uh, Sea Spiracy. Both of those were like life changers for me, game changers. Not only because you start understanding what eating plant-based and nutritionally can do for your body, but you also understand what having a meat-based diet, how negative that can be for the rest of the world and everybody out there. Yeah, I mean, it's the easiest thing you can do for the environment. Um, the pollution caused by animals and animal agriculture is also way higher than what's produced by cars, what's produced by airplanes. Um, and obviously what we do in the oceans is super bad as well. So everybody out there should also look at Seaspiracy. We got a comment from John D. And I'm going to re- revert back to what we hear, uh, what we started out with here, which was the idea that UFC is the model for boxing and how that's just a flawed idea. John D. points out that Pitbull Fred, uh, who's a Brazilian, it knocked uh, out the fighter who was fighting for the UFC lightweight championship and actually want to show some of that. Now, the guy you're going to see here, all right, is fighting for the uh, lightweight championship in the UFC. So let's have a look uh, here real quick. I'll actually um, advance it. Actually, it's not a very long fight. that are about to ensue. There it is, the Bellator lightweight championship. It will be up for grabs. Patricio, you ready? Patricio Pitbull's featherweight title not on the line, and immediately Patricio Pitbull takes the center of the cage. He's in the blue gloves. Michael Chandler in the red gloves. It'll be very interesting to see which guy starts to get emotional here or both keep themselves composed during the start of this fight. Chandler talked about the fact that we promoted as bad blood, hyping the fight up. He, he says bad blood in between blood. He says there will be blood, and it will be at the expense of Patricio Pitbull tonight. But it's all business for Michael Chandler. Well, when you look at this as a whole, 
What does Michael Chandler have to win? His title is the one. So Chandler is the one in the red gloves, and he's about to fight for the lightweight championship of the world in the UFC. And Pitbull in the blue gloves is actually a featherweight that moved up to Florida. You've watched MMA, right? A couple times. <laughs> the unpredictable. So that guy moved up from a lower weight class, knocked that dude out in the first round, okay? And the guy that got knocked out is about to fight for the lightweight championship in the UFC. The guy that knocked that guy out is the featherweight champion in Bellator. So look, this is just flawed, bro. The idea that the UFC is the model. Dana White is not going to allow Pitbull to go anywhere near his top featherweight fighters. It just won't happen. It just won't happen. So they want to talk about big fights not happening in boxing. Uh, The best featherweight in the world, I consider, I mean, you could look at the rankings. He's in the top rankings. Is not going to fight for the UFC featherweight title. Thoughts, Kenny? I think it's all a big joke. Uh, It's the same, uh, same money grab type of situation. Uh, it's the same thing that boxing does, just that boxing does it right in your face. Uh, UFC, they do it like behind. Oh, you know, that's Bellator. This is UFC. Uh, uh, different different sport. Different, I don't know what the hell you want to call it. It's the same sport. It's the same thing. You just have the fighter separate, and you're protecting your guy under the UFC umbrella. No, he can't fight the the best Bellator guy. It's all a big joke. Again, Teddy Atlas, just he just wants more money. He wants to take all the money from the boxer's pockets. So Run Run PMC just joined us, and he asks, I don't know if you all covered it already, but don't Bellator fighters make more on average than UFC fighters? Absolutely. That's the other thing. The fighters in – we discussed this earlier, but in the UFC, the model is 80% plus of the profits go to the ownership and 20% or less goes to the fighters. And the reason Pitbull fights in Bellator – which, by the way, is on Showtime. They've been doing an excellent job. I've been having a good time watching it. It's shown on Fridays. And I also like the fact that it doesn't compete with boxing in terms of the times because their big fights are always on Fridays. And they actually run tournaments, too, um, which I actually think is the model for boxing. I want to get into that in a second. But, yeah, Brum PMC, you're absolutely right. Uh, He has stated multiple times that the reason he's with Bellator is because of how little the UFC pays. UFC pays peanuts, and it, it just is what it is. So it, it's unfortunate. And, yes, that did happen with Cyborg as well, and Cyborg is also in um, Bellator, um, as are a bunch of other top fighters. Uh, Bellator, Philly Iris saying Bellator is on the zone. I did not know that. Um, I, I've been watching it on Showtime. If they're on the zone, that's awesome. I don't know about you, Kenny, but I like uh, Mato uh, Renayo from uh, – from um, the Showtime, the, the the blow-by-blow guy who was just screaming there. He's also the commentator for Bellator. So that's another reason I like it. Um, Run PMC also says, uh, plus UFC fighters do not get sponsorships like they used to because of the Reebok deal. I love watching the Bellator Grand Prix tournaments. Facts. Have you noticed, Kenny, that every fighter in UFC wears like those Reebok uh, boxer briefs? Every uh, last- Go for it, sorry. Go ahead. 
No, no, I was going to say, I definitely noticed it. In the MMA games, too, they have the little Reebok thing in the games as well. Yeah. <laughs> they, they can't wear their own shorts with their own marketing stuff. They can't have their own sponsorships the way that boxers can, which, again, is another revenue source for fighters. It's like literally everything is filtered through the P, uh, through uh, the UFC. It just is. So it's it's definitely not the model. Now, you want to talk about what is the model? I think Bellator... I don't like the fact that they control the world championship, but more than UFC, I think Bellator is a good model. I've been saying it for years in boxing. What should happen is there should be a tournament for the top four fighters, maybe even top six. I've talked about this with Drew Evo before. He says six. I don't have a problem with that. Every year there should be a top four to six tournament. And then during that tournament, the champ is allowed to take optional defenses because he's the champ. And then the champ has to fight the winner every year of that tournament. So you should have a tournament structure. They've done it in MMA before with, uh, with uh, pr- uh, pr- I believe, pride fighting, definitely K1 in kickboxing. And look, you want to get to a spot where boxing is almost more like tennis. You've got major championships that take place. And at those championships, Rafael Nadal cannot say, you know what? Oh, oh, oh. wait a second. Hold on. Uh, Roger Federer, he's on Showtime. Uh, Roger Federer, he's on top rank. He's on the opposite side of the street. I'm not going to face off against him, or I'm not going to face off against Novak Djokovic or Andy Murray or whatever the case may be. Uh, That's not how it works. In most sports, we could throw out golf, too, even though I barely consider that a sport, but they have tournaments, right? Uh, Tiger Woods cannot show up for a tournament and say, oh, you know what? Uh, that guy's here. No, he's on the other side of the street. I got to stay on my side of the street. I'm not going to take I'm not going to uh, enter this because I'm not taking him on. No, this is not how it works. No, no, it's very foolish. It's uh, the tournament that you're speaking of uh, or that you're, you're speaking of reminds me of like uh, the World Boxing Super Series. Right. But I only, I've only seen the World Boxing Super Series happen in a few divisions and not frequently enough. Uh, cruiserweight being one of them, I don't remember the other division that it happened in. Um, but, it happened yeah. in 18, 118 with uh, Inoue Donai. Yeah, Inoue, yeah, yeah. Uh, it happened with uh, 142 with Josh Taylor, Regis Progre. Yeah. yeah. But I don't, know, I don't know why they don't do this in every division. And like you said, do it yearly, right? But, but one thing that I would change from what you said is, I would not have the champ do optional defenses. The champ would be the guy that you get to fight if you win the the the, the tournament. You understand what I'm saying? Because yeah, that's what I was saying, though, Kenny. Okay, yeah, yeah. While the tournament's taking place, the champ can make two optional defenses, but then he's mandated to fight the winner of that tournament. Right? Yeah. I, I, yeah. Yeah, so Andre, Andre out there in Portugal says, tournaments in boxing is not that great. Because uh, many different promoters had to uh, seat ar- around at the same table and had a lot to agree to determine percentages, the venues, etc. I agree with that. The thing is, is that you don't have the promoters run the tournament, which is the problem with the UFC. The problem with the UFC is that the UFC controls everything. They're the promoter. They also manage the belt. So it would be like uh, the PBC um, controlling its own title belt. I actually think that if the, it's got to be like a major sanctioning body that does it. It's got to be the WBC that says one, two, three, four, five, six. You guys are in a tournament. Okay. Uh, Juan Estrada, you're the champ. 
make two optional defenses, and then by the end of the year, you have to face the winner of this tournament or beginning of next year, whatever the case may be. That That's how I think it should be run. It would have to be a sanctioning body doing it. I agree. I'm I'm completely surprised that WBC, excuse me, WBC or some or another one of those sanctioning bodies has not gone over to MMA or excuse me to UFC with a shitload of money. Like, yeah, we want to join UFC. Uh, we want to have a, a tournament for our belt. Here's a big load of money for you. We're now uh, sanctioning because they would they would gain major money from all of the all of the uh, different you uh, um excuse me all the different bodies in UFC in, in MMA which is UFC like you said Bellator and all the rest of them they would gain money or they would have to give money to all of them but eventually when they put on the events it will be a major revenue gaining event where they would make their money back and it would be more enticing for the fighters more enticing for the viewers and it you can actually get to their being a best MMA fighter per division as opposed to per UFC uh, uh, Bellator and having a best for each one of these different, uh, um, I don't know what you would call them, companies. Yeah, I mean, that's what they are, the companies. I think the major difference for me, too, between Bellator and um, UFC, UFC is responsible for ranking its own fighters. Bellator actually has other people rank the fighters. Like uh, they have got like a panel of independent uh, journal journalists. So it's it's just totally bad when you run it like the way the UFC runs it. It's very, very bad. I think your idea, what you just said, Kenny, would definitely work if, um, let's say, the the, the uh, WBC had partnered like maybe with the PBC very early on because there was rumors way, way back when that the PBC would create its own championship belt and just have its own PBC championship. But if the PBC had like gone in with the WBC with an agreement to make cross promotional fights and just run tournaments, that would have been awesome because I agree with, with, with Andre to a certain extent, when you have the promoters running the tournament, it's tough. If you have a sanctioning body running the tournaments though, I think that's where it becomes more straightforward. And if a fighter says, well, I'm not going to fight in your tournament, then boom, we just go next down the list. Okay, number four, you don't want to be involved. Number four ranked contender, okay, go kick rocks. Go fight for the WBO title. We'll just bring in the number five. And now he's the number four. You're always going to be getting four guys that want to fight in a tournament, especially in the lower weight classes. But I think even in the heavyweights, you got people who would fight for it in the WBC for a tournament. Look how long Dillian White was waiting for a shot at the WBO uh, championship, you know? I, I agree with you. It's uh, it's just really, really funny the way that they control these these uh, belts and fights and fighters in UFC. It doesn't make sense. They have full control. There's, there's this gray area where, let's say, Dana White manages a fighter, you know, and he also runs UFC, and he also has a belt that, that he's managing. He's going to put his fighter to fight for the main belt in the UFC because he has the power to do so, not because his fighter is actually the greatest. And it just creates this gray area where it's not two, two different bodies, like you said, like the, the WBC and UFC. It's completely separate uh, uh, bodies uh, fighting for what they want as opposed to I control the fighter, I control the belts, I control the bench, I control everything. You know what? 
I want 99% of everything and you guys have one, it just doesn't really add up. It doesn't add up for the best to fight the best for, for the, yeah, for there to actually be a person who is determined the best for uh, the best to fight the best. How everybody who watches UFC or, or MMA says that the best always fight the best. That's false. You don't know the best because you don't have everybody fight each other. You have them in separate fighting for separate companies. It just doesn't add up. I agree. And Run PMC points out that he understands MMA is a young sport and started after the Alley Act. But how can you act? Uh, how can that act still not apply? Uh, UFC is the promoter, governing body. They make the rankings, and Dana even has managed them. It's like the mafia, dog. I mean, they literally control everything. It's like you want to do business in my part of town? Well, now I'm going to extort the hell out of you, and you got to pay the boss. AKA the UFC. I mean, the model is not the model for boxing. And I believe it was Nando in the chat. Uh, I just want to play with his idea for a little bit. So he was talking about a heavyweight tournament at, 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 as an example and using the WBO uh, as an example. So let's look at the far right of the screen over here. Okay. And uh, just to give an idea of how that would work in the kind of system that I was discussing. Uh, you know, it's a fantasy system, but whatever. So if you look over on the right side of the screen, you'll see Anthony Joshua is the champion of the WBO. All right. So under the idea that I was saying, you would essentially have Anthony Joshua as champion, right, uh, making an optional defense or two during a year. Meanwhile, okay, you'd have Alexander Usyk taking on Deontay Wilder. You'd have Joe Joyce taking off Joe, taking on Joe Parker. All right, and then you have the winner of those two fights facing each other at the end of the year in a championship, right, uh, or in a tournament championship, all right, so a WBO heavyweight tournament title, and then the winner of that being guaranteed an immediate shot at Anthony Joshua. I think that's a model that any championship uh, governing body could implement, and that would work as a, as a tournament. I agree. It would work very well as a tournament. I'm not sure, though, why Nando, he slighted Joseph Parker and he put Ruiz in his little four-man rankings. Ruiz doesn't deserve to be there, bro. I agree with everything else on that list besides Ruiz. Ruiz does not deserve to be there, especially after he came. Instead of coming in more fit to fight the guy, he came in more heavy. He Nah, this guy has no respect for me. He, Joseph Parker has way more respect in my book than Ruiz does. Well, I would say that uh, Ruiz wasn't in the greatest shape when he fought here where we are in New York City on that fateful uh, June evening uh, back in uh, 2019 when he got knocked out brutally. Uh, the disappointing thing, though, was that he didn't come back in better shape for the rematch going in there holding four belts, if you include the IBO belt. Let's not include that. Okay, so three belts uh, in Saudi Arabia. It was very disappointing I know we're still a little bit stung by that because a lot of people were excited about the fact that Ruiz uh, is who he is, came from where he comes from, was the first person of Mexican descent to hold a heavyweight championship belt. And, yeah, he laid a big fat egg in Saudi Arabia, and I'd like to see him back and put on an impressive performance. I'm personally just not that excited about seeing him take on Chris the Nightmare Areola because Areola's... 40-plus years old and has taken a beating in many of his recent fights, including here in New York City against Adam Kaunaki. Um, and, yeah, Joseph Parker has done a bit more in that sense. But, you know, 
if if Nando wants to put Andy Ruiz there, you know, you put Andy Ruiz there. Maybe I go back to what Drew Evo says, and we figure out a way to get, uh, you know, maybe you give number one a first round buy, right? And you make um, you bring in a five and a six in like an entry fight uh, into the tournament. You figure out a way to make it a top six tournament, but anything is better than the situation we have now, except the UFC model. Yeah, it's funny. Nando's like, Ruiz brings in the money, homie. <laughs> I mean, I get it. You know, he he ain't get that sneakers endorsement, though. But now nah, let me stop with the jokes. Oh, um, the sneakers, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think the fight that he has coming up is like a, a step of fight to show that he still got it, to try to get people to believe in him again, because a lot of people felt let down. A lot of people stopped following him after that whole weight gain as opposed to weight loss scenario. So I think this is like a like a tuna fight to show people that he still got it. Obviously, if the man got it with 290 pounds on his body and he's losing some weight, obviously he's still gonna have it. I think he's gonna be a, a, a it's gonna be a, a good fight on Ruiz's side. Obviously, we all expect Ruiz to win. It is what it is. It's a it's a tuna fight. Maybe next he fights Kalnaki. I'd be more interested in watching Ruiz versus Kalnaki. Yep, I, actually, that would have been a good fight. I would have really liked to see that. That's a good one. I didn't even think about that, Kenny. Um, you let Cal Naki, let's see what, what he's got left. You put him in there with Andy Ruiz and see if he got in the better shape. I, because at least they're two younger guys. My problem would not be a problem if we were talking about the Chris Ariola that, uh, you know, fought Klitschko back in the day, a prime Chris Ariola. Uh, but this is just not a prime Chris Ariola. It just isn't. So, you know, I'd like to finish up here, Kenny, by playing a little word association with you or name association. I'm going to drop a word or a name, okay? And I just want you to give me your first thoughts, all right? The very first name, the word that comes to mind when I drop this name, right? Nice. Give me the first name straight off the top of your head. You ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. All right. Name number one. Demetrius Boo Boo Andrade. Runner. Okay. All right. Name number two. Uh, Regis Prograde. Oh, that's a tough one. Uh, I would. I don't. I don't got one. I don't got one, man. You don't have one for Prograde. Okay. Nah, nah. I don't have one because I, I need to see a, a little more from him. You know, he he lost that fight recently. He's come back with a couple. I just need to see a little more from him. Uh, yeah, I don't have one for him. All right, uh, we'll do one more, and then we've got a caller on the line. Uh, Tank Davis. <laughs> Shit talker. All right. I brought up Tank Davis because he's scheduled now to fight against Mario Barrios. Uh, unfortunately, it's going to be on pay-per-view. This is taking place June 26th. Site is yet to be determined, as stated on uh, boxing scene. Okay, so it's uh, Gervonta Davis against Mario Barrios. That's going to be for the WBA regular 140-pound title. On the undercard of that, we've got Lubin versus Rosario. Area code 510, you're on the line live. This is Live at 5 Boxing with Kenny T and Maestro A. How are you doing, man? Hey, Kenny. Yeah, I'm Fernando. How you guys doing? Good, good, Fernando. Good to hear from you, bro. What's up, brother? How's it going? Good, brother. Good. How you guys back on the show, man? Uh, or listen to you guys show again. Thank you. Appreciate um, that. I just, 
Thank you, man. I agree with every every point you guys are making about Andrew Ruiz, like every single one. I, I don't even disagree. But I just I just know, right? Like it was like the Super Six back in the day, right? You got to have some Americans in that tournament, you know, to get that American TV money, you know, whether you're on pay per view or whatever, right? Like I respect Joseph Parker, but you got to have a couple Americans in there. And I think Deontay and and, uh, and Andrew Reese bring the sizzle to that to a little mini tournament, man. You know, you can sell that. Yeah, I, so I, I, I you want to make you want to make it as global as possible, right? To pique that global interest. Exactly. You have the black community represented. You have the Latino community represented. You have the Eastern European and uh, the British. Also, uh, the British is Joe Joyce. Yeah. So I think I think that you pretty much touch all the bases, right? And another reason I brought up the WBO title is because I'm almost positive in between the first Fury and AJ fight and the second one, that's gonna that's gonna go from interim to full because I think I think their agreement is right now that he, he's that the winner of AJ Fury is supposed to fight Usyk or Joyce right away. And you know they're not going to do that. They're not going to risk another hundred million dollar payday in a rematch to fight either Usyk or Joyce. You know they're probably just, they're going to drop it after that first fight is for the undisputed. They're, they're not going to want to worry about the WBO in the second one in the rematch. They're not going to care. No, they're not not, not, not if there's another hundred million on the line. Exactly. Right. So, that was my. I just want to say my piece. Oh, another two. I was looking. I'm not a big fan of that fight either, Emil Carr, uh, Reese versus Ariola. Yeah. But I was looking at tickets just to, just to go to a fight, man. I haven't been to a fight in a couple of years. And they're not that bad, man. 250 bucks for tickets to, for Ariola Reese, man. Really? So I was kind of checking it out. Maybe I'll go. Yeah. And, yeah, and it's, it's, taking place, it's taking place outdoors, right? At the StubHub. Uh, StubHub, right. Yeah, I, I never remember what it's called. At one point, it was the Home Depot. At another time, they tra- changed the name. Yeah. The, these licensing deals with these stadiums always fuck me up because I can never remember uh, what's what. Uh, but yeah, it's an outdoor venue, I believe. It's a complex that houses a soccer stadium and a tennis stadium, right? Yeah, and I, exactly. And I've never been yeah. to a fight there, and I would love to go there. I would love to go to a fight there. I've never been there. Bro, know? I've been so saying, you know, I've been football. saying for years that out here, what they got to do in New York is host boxing at the Arthur Ashe Tennis Stadium because. It seats like twenty five thousand. It's outdoors. It's right on the subway, and I just think it would be a great spot. It's like sight lines are awesome everywhere. So yeah, let let us know how it is, bro. All right, bro. Thank you for taking my phone call. Of course, it, man. man. Call anytime, bro. You member the family, bro. Oh, thank you, bro. All right, thank you. You take Bye. care, fam. Bye. Yeah. Bye bye. So that was none other than Nando, and Nando shot out the idea of uh, the WBO as a sanctioning body that could host a tournament. And again, the idea here is simple, right? You take the winner of the tournament, so it could be one through six, all right? That way we get him, Andy Ruiz, in. Let's say we have number five and number six fight each other. Number one gets a bye first round, all right? And you got the winner of the tournament getting a mandatory shot at the champ. And during the time that the tournament's taking place, the champ is making an optional defense or two, right? Against the... uh, Tomato can or other disrespectful terms that are referred to with those type of, of fighters. So that that's the idea pretty much, right? Um, let's go to Run PMC here. Run PMC says, at Chicano Prophet, I uh, satirically defend this guy, and he, he keeps fighting um, this level of boxer. I am done with this dude. Um, I wonder who he was talking about there. I think I missed that earlier in the chat. But 
Yeah, Kenny, give me your initial reaction to Tank Davis moving up to 140 to take on not the WBA actual champion, but the regular champion. Is this a good move for him? Were you excited to see him maybe campaign at 130 or 135 instead um, against some of the names at 135, like Ryan Garcia was mentioned, um, Oscar Valdez at 130 was mentioned, um, unification fights, again, at 135 or 130. He seems to not want, be wanting to do that and decided to move up to campaign. Maybe he won't campaign, I don't know, but at 140. What are your thoughts on this move, and is this worth pay-per-view money? Uh, it's, it is definitely not worth pay-per-view money, in my opinion. He's, I think he's just trying to go to another division and get another belt and do what what most fighters do. Oh, I'm a three, four, five, six division champion. I need more money for every fight. I'm 60-40 now, 70-30. I think that's more what he's looking for. He's looking for money and popularity and to just stay active in the ring. Yes, it's definitely a fight, a fight that I'm going to watch. I, you know, I like Gervonta Davis. I like the way he fights. I like the animal in him. I like the power that he has. He talks good shit. But the fact that he's running from 130 and 135 where there is so much, like, so much good competition is very disappointing. You know, Mario Barrios, sure. Is great. It, it, I think it's a good fight only because it's a bigger guy, right? You're testing yourself against a bigger guy. You're going to 140. Whatever. I'll watch it. Am I excited as I would have been versus one of the 135 fighters or 130 fighters? No. There's way better opposition in those divisions for Tank. Matter of fact, Tank looks like a savage beast animal at 130. Yeah, I mean, yo, I think Burchelt, sorry, not Burchelt, Oscar Valdez, our plant-based brother out of uh, Mexico, the WBC champion, um, him against Tank Davis? You fucking kidding me? That is an amazing fight. That is an amazing fight. He's signed me up for that, put that on pay-per-view, 100 percent uh mario barrios at 140 it's like this whole weight jumping thing it's like clout chasing just like you said jumping up divisions to say you've done it but really any actual boxing fan knows that you're just taking on the low-hanging fruit this dude is not an actual champion at 140 he's a secondary belt holder other big news that dropped today everybody and this again just dropped in the last hour on, on boxing scene is all courtesy of BoxingScene.com. Uh, it has been announced, at least by Eddie Hearn, that the Fury-Joshua fight, that a, uh, a site has been approved by both Fury and by Joshua. So we were on here last week talking about the fact that uh, we're kind of not quite as excited about things, that we want to see something announced, something of substance. Now, Hearn has not revealed which site was approved by the two teams, but it's long been discussed that Saudi Arabia was the front runner to host the first encounter. The promoters are finalizing all of the location particulars and the date. So we will see what happens there. Again, courtesy of BoxingScene.com, Fury Joshua approved site offer for first bout, says Hearn. So things are moving in a positive direction there. Uh Let's hope things get signed quick because I do want to see the two fights take place this year so that we can get that all wrapped up and give ourselves a undisputed heavyweight champion of the world. 
I, th I think they're still pulling our chain. I think it's just like the rest of the news that has came out the pri previous weeks, every day, every other day is the same. Ooh, site offer has been approved. So fucking what? Sign the contract. Then we then we believe that a fight is happening. Ooh, a site offer. Anybody could say, I want this place to this fight to take place at Madison Square Garden. You? Yeah, you agree? Cool. I right, cool. Site offer approved. That doesn't mean shit, bro. It's the same exact thing. We're still waiting here. They're gaslighting us. And we still don't know if we're going to get the fight this year. Um, and, and, and to clear up the thing regarding earlier, uh, the, the fighter they was talking about was Jermel Charlo um, with, uh, with, with uh, Ren PMC talking to Chicano Prophet, the satirically defending. That was uh, about Jermel Charlo because uh, Jermel Charlo gets a, a lot of people that back him up. But then he does some funny things sometimes, just like the twin. And they don't always fight the best. Sometimes they fight the best. Sometimes they cherry pick, you know. Yeah, I mean, according to Chicano Prophet, uh, he's taking on one Macias Montiel. Uh, I can't really say I'm that excited about that fight. I would have loved to see him take on, um, obviously, Triple G, who I think is just waiting there to be beat up by a top middleweight in his prime. Um, I, I, I've got Andrade and I've got Charlo over Triple G. My guess is that Triple G is going to try to unify with the WBA champion who he's been kind of chasing, at least in the media, for a little bit. And that's none other than Ryoto Murata, Olympic gold medalist out there from Japan who's a big ticket seller in Japan. And I've always thought that Gennady kind of sees him as an easier fight. But, yeah, I mean, one Montiel is the number four ranked guy in uh, the WBC. Um, number one ranked, I believe, is Jaime Munguia. Uh, I would have liked to see that. I mean, I was never really that excited by Munguia's opponent who just kind of got out of the fight. Uh, I think he got injured or something. Um, so that fight's actually not taking place. We got a question here from... Nando, is Bob Arum attempting to use AJ Fury for leverage and Pat Crawford's site fee? Is that the holdup? That's an interesting case. That is some kind of thing that you'd expect a guy like Arum to do. I mean, he was threatening Teofimo Lopez with not being able to take on the winner of um, the uh, fight between uh, Ramirez and Josh Taylor if he didn't kind of play Massa's uh, game and follow instructions. So who knows? Uh, Kenny T, you're right here. I'll put up your post to the chat. GGG should just retire before he makes himself look bad uh, with a big L. Yeah. Shout out to the rapper, the legend, uh, RIP Big L out of Harlem, New York. So, um, but yeah, any last things before we get out of here, Kenny? No, uh, I don't really put it past bad Bob Aram to be a fool, to be a clown, to, to do something like Nando said. Uh, now, nah, besides that, thank you for having me, bro. It's been a great show. I'm always glad to be here. I love talking boxing, and you already know, man. It's always a pleasure. Always, man. Some of those Cimarrones, we're not guys that take lip or follow instructions, or we do our own thing. And uh, always a good uh, thing having you on here with me to talk boxing. I want to thank everybody that was here. Nando, Run PMC, Chicano Prophet, LT, uh, and everyone else. I know I'm missing a whole lot of people. Uh, Andre Rodriguez, John D, Philly Iris, Druivo, the boxing historian, David from Leaving in the Ring. Thank you, everyone. That is it for our Live at Five box.
Boxing Show. Hope to see everyone here again next week. You guys all have a really good evening. Take care. I will be on the Leaving in the Ring Roundtable tonight with T-Style, so check out for me there. You guys take care. Thank you so much.